This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fuelled by Guinness, powered by Celery, the show that has been indicted for more crimes than Diego Costa. Chelsea kicked off their season last night with Diego Costa burying a late winner against West Ham London. Cue scenes, but most of all from new manager Antonio Conte. How fantastic to see such passion from our manager, something evidently lacking from a certain individual last season. In some respects, it was a case of deja vu. Loads of chances created, but not being clinical enough. Hazard back to his mercurial best. Costa misbehaving and incurring the wrath of a crazed media. But, so good to get off to a winning start. Ah, Chelsea and football, it's good to have you back. Now, I am Stanford Chidge, and the name of tonight's show is the Chelsea Fancast 358 Ironed Out which seemed very appropriate. Now, um, tonight on the show, we have, uh, at the moment, we have a, um, we, we are not quarrelled in many respects because we've got a bit of a technological issue with Jonathan, uh, not, not Jonathan personally, but with his technological equipment. Um, for some reason, it won't allow me to add him to the call, so I don't know what we're going to do with that. I'm going to try and, try and sort it out in the break in about 25 minutes if I can. But we do have, we have Ross Mooring with us. Evening, Chidge. What a lovely evening! It's absolutely beautiful. It's scorchio down here in the uh, in the middle of Hampshire. Um, I'm tempted to open my window so that I can breathe, but in doing so, I will be broadcasting to my neighbours, and I'm not really sure they're ready for the Chelsea <laughs> fancast. So I think I'll keep it shut. Um, anyway, good to have you in here, Ross. And we have back with us for the first time this season. I am delighted to welcome the wonderful Clayton Beerman. Good evening. Absolutely wonderful to be uh, to be with you tonight. Really looking forward to it. Lots to say. Indeed. Or as I should say, Clayton, the published Chelsea author, Clayton Beerman. You can say that, and I will accept that. Thank you. 
My no problem at all, and many congratulations on the uh, on on the publishing of your book, Palpable Discord, which we hopefully will be talking a little bit about later if we get time. Yeah. Um, yeah, if we get time. I, I'm sure we will. I've got it. I've got it scheduled in. So let's 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 hope we don't ramble on too long. We and we we got Jonathan get... scheduled in, and he's not here. Well, I know, but of course, because we don't have Jonathan, we might actually have time to talk about your book. So there is an upside. Anyway, um, on the show tonight, we'll be talking Costa, the good, the bad and the ugly and asking, has Hazard got his mojo back? Uh, in part two, we'll be explaining how Kante brings balance to the force. I was very proud of that particular bon mot when I thought it up last night. Uh, celebrating Conte's passion, of course, and we'll also be pondering that we're not yet the finished article. In part three, we'll be talking fan duel and inviting you to join us in uh, this weekend's Fantasy Football Challenge. And we'll be looking back at how well we all did last week. Or not, as the case may be. Uh, but aside from that, uh, Ross has got some absolutely blinding tips for you all out there. So if you if you haven't signed up, go and sign up. I'll give you the details later. If you did sign up, it's well worth listening to what Ross had to, has, has to say later because the tips are absolutely blinding, as I said. Um, and as I said, if we have time, we'll talk to Clayton about his new book, uh, Palpable Discord. Now, in part four, amazingly enough, we'll have the usual roundup of Chelsea supporters' news and a couple of emails from you, the listeners. So there you go. Now, don't forget, you can listen to the show live every Monday at 7 o'clock, or there or thereabouts, uh, by going to mixlr.com forward slash Chelsea hyphen fancast where you can join in the chat and uh, post on the live chat page, as many have done. And we've got the usual suspects in here. We've got John Chips, Chiverton, Ali, Fragley, Gillian, Complaints to Bob, Jonathan Berries, Nick Gildoff, K Spicer, Sheren, Seattle, Chelsea Hole, Goalie 59. Hang on, you're in the show, mate, and in there. You're multitasking. Know, guess, you know, well, you know, I'd like to see what's going like on. I'd like to see it. Great. JP Jack CFC, Martin CFC, Shedden, Jacinta, St. Paul Blue. I mean, there's so many. Nicky, Matt Jazz, CFC Mode, who I, I had the pleasure of seeing, Steve. I shall be mentioning him later, I think, in dispatches. Anyway, loads of you in there. It's really, really good. Um, oh, dear. I've had a, I have had a message. You see, you can't keep a good man down. I've got a message from uh, Jonathan. It says, it says it's a bug with the last update. Hmm. So we might not get him, but I'm, I've sent him a message back saying, hmm. But I will keep in I will keep in radio contact with Jonathan because I would love to have him on the show. Not least because somebody um, had the barefaced frontery to say on Twitter that he was uh, their favourite Chelsea fancast pundit. You know, so uh, <laughs> exactly. You know, I think I think words words need to be be said. Anyway, I'm rambling on as I always do. Uh, don't forget, um, you can also tweet us at Chelsea Fancast. Uh, preferably not during the show because I'm too busy doing this to look at it. But uh, do leave them on there because I read them afterwards and do do try and reply. Now, uh, the other bit of news, of course, is that this season we're now on a new podcast platform called Acast. So make sure you download the Acast app to listen to the podcast or just search for it at www.acast.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. And as always, the podcast will be available to download a couple of hours after the show. One thing I would say on that Acast point is if you listen to the show on the ACARS player, um, it, it allows us, or me, the ability to put in stills and photographs and links to things that we've discussed in the show. So that's pretty groovy. It gave me a bit of a semi when I saw that. Anyway, um, <laughs> enough, enough of my uh, ribaldry. Uh, I think it's time to talk some football, which we will do after this little sting.
wonderful to have football back. Um, actually, kind of, you know, one of the things I was thinking last night, chaps, I was thinking, I think that um, a bit like we kind of, kind of do at Christmas, really, with the Christmas fixtures, wouldn't it be great to always start this evening with a derby match? You know, because I think it really helps to pump up the atmosphere. But uh, you can comment on that in a minute. Because first of all, what I obviously want to start with is the news, the news of the night, or, or of the match yesterday, of course, is... Uh, is, uh, you know, within minutes of the final whistle, uh, Sky... I mean, they, they, they stopped short of saying cost to crimes, but we all knew what they meant, didn't we, Ross? Um, I've, I actually stayed away from the media, so uh, perhaps you should ask uh, Clayton about that one. OK, well, I'll tell you what, rather than starting with that, because I'm going to... I'm gonna, I'm, I've got my dander up about that, so I'm going to try and calm down. I can uh, tell. Indeed. Um, but I think what we should talk about first, actually, is, you know, I thought it was a superb winner by Costa. That's exactly why we love him, isn't it, Ross? That's exactly what you want from Costa. Yeah, he, he, bat he battled well all games. You know, it didn't quite, it didn't quite roll for him, but he, he stood up and, um, you know, took his chance when it, when it counted. It was a, it was a, it was a great finish, actually, uh, right between the, the defender's leg into the, legs into the far corner. So it's, it's, it's worth, um, you know, worth his performance in 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 one in one go. Um, well, I mean, like I said, it, 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 when you were saying that, I was kind of tempted to say, yeah, he stepped up to the plate, mate, didn't he? Stepped up to the plate. He certainly did, didn't he, Clayton? Uh, he did. Um, but I've got massive issues with him. I really do. Um, and I'm going to start off with the controversial thing. I'd sell him if we can get a replacement. I'd sell him. So there we go. That's the, show done. That's the show done then, Clayton. You <laughs> know, more talking about Costa. Who for? He's, he's too much of a risk. I think. In what respect? Okay. All right. So the game started last night, and my mate said to me, he "said Wouldn't it be great if we just saw Costa playing football?" Okay. And I said, "Yeah, would be brilliant." So the game starts off, and he gets fouled. It was a nothing foul. It was a challenge. That's fine. He's already. He's angry. He then, there was another foul, and Conte got booked, uh, Kante, Kante, Kante get, got booked, and it was a booking. It was, and Conte, uh, I'm getting it, and Costa is in the referee's face, straight away, okay? He wanted his foul to have been a booking if the Kante one was a booking. That's my reading of what went on. I mean, you guys are watching on TV, so you got a clearer view, but that's, and then there was the Oscar penalty, which was never a penalty in a million years, in my opinion. And he had the arse about that. So he approached the referee three times. And it's my understanding that players have all been told you can't approach the referee because you're going to get booked. So what does he do? He approaches the referee until he gets booked. OK, so that's that. That's fine. He played really, really well. And then there was a challenge on the goalkeeper. Now, you know where we sit. We're right down the other end. We thought Adrian was making an absolute dog's breakfast of it. And I think he was. But it was a ridiculous challenge. It was absolutely ridiculous. There was no control of it. I, that I, I've got no problem with because he was actually going for the... I honestly think he was going for the ball. So that was a booking. He should have been booked. He should have been sent off. We've got no other forwards in the club at the moment. We've got Batchui, who looked great when he came on yesterday. But he could have easily been sent off last night and we would have lost him for one game or possibly three games. I don't know. I mean, we might come on to the referee, but I thought the referee was effing useless. Um, but the point is, 
he was irresponsible. He doesn't think about the team. And if we can replace him, then I think we should. There you go. So you're not a fan then, Clayton? I love him. I absolutely love him. <laughs> if we had another if we had another forward that could replace him every time he's suspended or one of his ham, hammies goes, then that's great. But we haven't. He is our main man up front. It's not like he goes like sort of any of the other clubs have got backup. We haven't. I mean, you, you know, I, I do think that you've done an excellent job in taking on the Jonathan Kidd, miserable old git, pessimist of the year uh, <laughs> role on the on the fan cast. But uh, do I'm you know not, what? I'm not I think being I, miserable. I'm really well, happy. I love okay. Costa, but we cannot afford to have him in the side if that's what he's going to do every game. Yeah, all right, all right, all right. I think we, I, Sorry. I, I, I get it. I get it. Um, I mean, what I would say is that I think you can neatly summarise it, which of course is my job to do that on the show, when you go off on one, you lovely people, I can summarise it, and I could summarise it by saying, well that I think is exactly why um, Conte and the Brains Trust also known as the CFC uh, Football Board, are trying to get another high quality striker, because I think, number one I think you're right, I think you know, you, 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 know, you, can't, you can't take that out of Costa, that anger and that, that, that the little bit of edge that he has because he won't be the same player. And secondly, um, that means you have to accept that he will get suspended. And also, I think you're right, Clayton. I think he is injury-prone. So having Costa as your main and only quality striker is is like trying to you know challenge for the league with one hand tied behind your back. So I, I agree to that extent. But I think... I think, you know, would you... Well, I would sell him if we could get somebody better. And I wonder if there are many better of his ilk out there. But let's get back to the, um, you know... Well, it would probably be Alvaro Morata at Real Madrid, I I expect. But um, no, I I certainly agree with Clayton, actually, that point about uh, the change in the refereeing style this year. It does make him even more of a liability than than he has been in the past. And on that point, Ross, I mean, you know, in fact, because, you know, basically they were saying on Sky that uh, one of the referees' uh, officials had come down to the training ground in the weekend or whatever and, and, and actually briefed all of the players and the, and the management team on the new rule, saying that if you go up to a referee and get in his face, you are going to get a yellow card. So, frankly, that was stupidity and, and ill-discipline. Um of the of the highest order and, and irresponsible as a result because of course as you can see I think if we go into the tackle on Adrian that's another interesting issue um, you know was that nasty and stupid or was he just going for the ball frankly I think that's a 50-50 literally in terms of the tackle but also whether it was nasty and a red card or whether he was just trying to, trying to go for it but uh, bottom line is if you're already on a yellow you're leaving yourself very, very vulnerable to getting another yellow and a red card if you make a challenge like that, and that's the reality. Um, you know, so no wonder all the West Ham fans and everybody who doesn't like Chelsea are all saying today, well, you know, you shouldn't have even been on the pitch and you wouldn't have won, you know. Isn't that true, Ross? Yeah, I think it is. I mean, um, first off, I, I don't think it was malicious at all. It was a, it was a striker's tackle, but but you know what strikers are like. He, he saw a chance there to block the keeper... Um, you know, kicking the ball downfield, and and when you're in that position, you know that any touch you get on the ball could potentially lead to a goal. And he is a striker. I mean, the mistake he made was was making contact, but in the end, it was it was quite a bad challenge. He he catches him on the shin, and I think it could well have been a red card. 
but I don't think it was at all. It was at all nasty. It just ended up that way because he because he made contact. Well, it's interesting, Clayton. You know, because a lot of the stuff that I've been hearing today, you know, and actually uh, both Gary Neville and uh, Carragher were. I mean, Carragher was immediately saying definitely a red card should have been off. Gary uh, Gary Neville was like, mm, well, actually, yeah, probably it was nasty. And I thought, and I've heard other pros uh, in the media saying that had a bit of nastiness to it because basically he slid his studs from knee to ankle down the shin. And much as I don't like to say this because obviously I'm a rabid Chelsea fan and it's my job to be biased, but actually I quite respect the opinion of ex-pros because they tend to know when when somebody's gone in with a nasty one or not, Clayton. If you remember last year, uh, was it last year? What? When uh, when did he get banned? Or it was the year before, wasn't it? When he got banned for um, treading on Chan, um, and they all all got on their soapboxes and the Costa crimes and Jamie Jamie waistcoat was having a, a an absolute kitten. Um, a lot of professionals came out and said, "Nah, that that's that wasn't it." And a lot of guys who I respect in the media have a lot of time for Costa. I mean, people like Ram Sunis, who I think is, you know, one of the top pundits out there, certainly in, in print and well, on, on telly as well. I think he's got a lot of time for Costa. And professional footballers know he has got an edge about him. And I haven't got a problem with that. I really haven't got a problem. You, you think about Mark Hughes. Mark Hughes wasn't an angel, but Mark Hughes was disciplined. Yeah. You never saw Mark Hughes mm. lose it. You never saw him do anything that would put his his team in trouble I mean yeah of course he went over the top a few times and and that's why we all loved him because he showed a bit of grit and what have you and don't get me wrong I came out of there last night I was absolutely delighted I mean you know I'm sorry to sort of start the show on a downer because it, we shouldn't be on a downer but I am you know I, I just think he was comp- I was thinking about this today you know the team is a you know is a team it's not all about one person and it's great to see that Costa cares so much but as you say, they were visited. What was he away? Was he away from school that day? Did he not get? Did he not get the oh, note? Maybe, maybe he don't speak any English too good. Well, he, he knows. He's not stupid. Yeah, I agree. Um, and and I think, you know, we were lucky he was still on the pitch. It was a fantastic goal. I mean that that is why we all love him because he can do that. Um, so. Yeah, I think I think it's it's a it's a dilemma to be perfectly I mean, the, honest. The interesting, I yeah, go on. I mean, the interesting thing is that he he huffed and puffed and and you know, at times he's got the first touch of an elephant. But I mean, frankly, you know, who cares if he scores and if he gets us wins, which is what it's all about. I mean, you know, I don't mind a striker doing nothing for eighty nine minutes, but if he scores in the ninetieth, then that's that he's done his job for me. I think the other interesting thing, uh, and we'll talk about this when we get to Kante in part two. I think. But the other interesting thing was was the media frenzy that's uh, surrounded this ever since, which I think is quite revealing, really. When you see you see how far they've got their tongues up the individual's rear end, now he's gone to Man United, uh, it tells you that it's a Chelsea thing, doesn't it? Because they've got no axe to grind with Conte. So the minute a Chelsea player, uh, or Costa, more to the point, does something, they're all over us like a rash, which I thought was very disappointing. Did you, Ross? Yeah, it's it's just such an easy sell, isn't it? I mean, Costa's been he he hasn't actually been as in as much trouble as as sort of the media would would like to say he has, but he has had a you know a couple of instances here or there where he doesn't help himself. So that's that's the first thing they go to straight away. I mean, he yeah he probably shouldn't have been on the pitch, but 
there were a number of things the referee did quite poorly. But just to, to just to jump on that as the main storyline, when when in truth it was a, a thrilling game of football that that was um, you know something that the Premier League sells itself on. It's just it's just easy, and it's it's that sort of tabloid media journalism going on. Yeah, I mean they're always out for you know it's the trouble with twenty four seven news. They 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 go go for the easy sell in a way, don't they? Um, you know the hyperbole rather than the actual content and I think you're right Ross and I think that's very sadly been overlooked I mean not by us we're Chelsea supporters and we were delighted with it but it was a great game of football in many respects I thought I mean I thought West Ham were a bit negative and we were a bit you know lack you know dozy with our with our with our shooting boots as we were last season but you know it's really good atmosphere and uh, there's nothing like you know a, a winner in the last few minutes I think it really makes for a great game in that respect but there you go um just one one thing I want to talk about very quickly. I, I was going to talk about Hazard getting his uh, mojo back, but I might push that into part two. We'll see. Um, one of the things that I thought was very interesting about the goal was the fact that it came after um, Conte made all those subs, but in particular he brought Batshuayi uh, or Batshuayi uh, on, and they combined really, really well for that. And I and, and I'm, I mean I'm not sure if he was playing four two four or four four two, but the bottom line is is that effectively we were playing with two strikers, and I thought it was a really interesting window into what might happen this season. I mean, do you think that might be a bit of a runner going forward, Ross? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's certainly an option. They they offer slightly different things. They're both good finishers. I, I think they're both generally quite good footballers. I think you're right. It was it was four two four basically at the end. There the way we were pressing them up the field and then you know we weren't resuming any kind of shape after that but because West Ham were there for the taking mm. um I, I was quite impressed to see Batshuayi I think you got that right uh I was quite impressed to see him him linking up so well simply because he he hasn't really done much of that in his career to date so so that was a that was another positive what do you reckon, Clayton? Is that uh, you know does, does it look promising having you know two strikers up up top? I mean we know Conte likes to do that. Yeah, no, I mean, what was promising was the fact that um, he went for it uh, when we had basically completely dominated the game for 78 minutes and then they scored. It was like, it was gutting. It was like, that's not fair. Um, yeah. But we didn't we didn't feel sorry for ourselves and, and, and it was fantastic. I mean, great substitutions. You, you sort of, um, he gave us width, he gave us, he brought on pace and, for, you know, however well we played in terms of possession and um, sort of the hazard their, their defenders were not they, they, they were comfortable up to a, up to a point um, and then first game of the season even though they've, they've already played some Europa games um, fitness has got to be an issue and to be able to bring on two guys who can run at you uh, I mean it puts you on the back foot mentally as well as anything else and it was just lovely. I mean, it was a beautifully cushioned header. Costa did really, really well, um, and a great shot and a great goal. So, I mean, that was just really encouraging to see that. I mean, last season with Goose, you know, we would have lost that game. Mm. Absolutely, I, I agree. I agree. But what about what about Batshuayi and, and Costa together? Do you, would you would you like to see two strikers up top? Yeah, I'd love to see it if if the mm. game dictates that. Yeah, and yeah. I I think he will do that. Um, I don't think he's afraid. To, to change the formations um, and yeah I think he'll do it and I think some games where it's appropriate I'm not sure there'll be many games where he'll start like that I think it'll depend on the personnel if any that comes in and, what, and what's around but yeah I think that's definitely an option 
What, what was strange, though, was we, we finished the match with no Oscar, no um, Hazard, no um, mm. William, and we had Moses and uh, and Pedro on the wings. Yeah. I, I well, don't think anyone managed to catch their breath and realise that for talking, a second, talking, but it, talk, it did the job. Talking of Hazard, uh, you know, has he got his mojo back? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think he got his mojo back at the end of last season. Um Without sounding like a broken record, um, I said for the whole of last season that he wasn't fit, uh, and I don't think he was fit. And when he was fit, which mentally was as, well, as well as physically, I would add on that. Yeah, no, I think that's a fair point. Um, and I think when that happened, when he was fit, I mean, I saw a stat last night. He scored six goals in his last eight games. Um, he's basically on his game now. He was great in the Euros, um, and I think the thing is, if and it the interview afterwards with JT um, if he is given support and he's not the only one doing it you'll see even more from him but mm. he was great last night he was really really good I thought it was an absolutely superb penalty Ross and what, what really pleased me about that was of course you know that that was one of the one of his things that disappeared last season but I mean he I don't think I've seen many a better penalty he absolutely walloped that I mean that was about as unsavable as a penalty could be Ross yeah I, I, I think I've read this a long time ago but penalties high and in the centre score score more often than, than pretty much anywhere else in, in the goal it's, it's one of those weird things just because the goalkeeper basically moves or go down but yeah. I was, I was for once, I was impressed by his penalty-taking style. I've always thought, you know, he's, he's a, if the keeper guesses the right way, they're savable. But as far as I can remember, that's pretty much the first time he's, he's elevated a penalty. So, um, and, and as he, you and say, he it went straight it, in the roof he, of the net. He, he yeah, spanked yeah. it. It was, that was all. That was all power. There was no, um, you know, finesse about it at all. He absolutely walloped it. Yeah. And I, I just thought that was quite interesting. I mean, I agree with what Clayton was saying as well. Actually, I, I, I think that you know. Throughout the match, um, he was making some great runs. He was running at defences, and he and he looked at, he looked unplayable at times. But here, here's something that's interesting. I mean, Gary Neville afterwards was was, I mean, he gave him quite a bit of praise, but he also said he thought that he took his foot off the gas, uh, kind of you know midway in the second half, and was was saying that you know if he wants to become one of the world's best, he's got to have a killer instinct. I'm I'm not sure, but I mean, Clayton, do you th- do you think he took his foot off the gas a bit, started strolling around a bit? No, not at all. No. Um, I think, yes, he, he basically, he should be one that's got more fitness than most um, because of his fitness issues. But he didn't, and he didn't do anything last year for a start. Yeah. He had a year's rest. Exactly. <laughs> trained, into the, trained into the end of the season, had the Euros, done the pre-season <clears> training, so he should be. But I'm sorry, a player is entitled to be knackered when, when you put your body on the line. It was a, it was a tough game. It was quite hot. Um, and no, I, I couldn't see that at all. I mean, mm. basically, every time he had the ball, there were three players against him. Um, no, I couldn't see that. I mean, you know, you know me as I have started from minute one. If I think somebody's not pulling their way, I'll let you know. Are you um, sure you're not just no, trying to get back into my good books, Clayton? No, too late for that. I mean, what 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 I would say was interesting was actually they 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 did highlight it on Sky and and they did show a number of occasions where instead of running at the defence which I think is what he needs to do and is so good at doing you know in other words the pace and energy and, and, and dynamism he was kind of like doing what he did a lot of last season which is to take it to the last third and then stop look around play a short ball and not run off it 
you know though and actually they highlighted quite a few examples where he did that and i thought well actually that might have been an interesting point ross yeah maybe um, i mean it's it's the first game of the season there's no substitute for playing a 90 minute game of football when it comes to yeah. fitness so maybe he did maybe he did tie a little bit i agree yeah. he, he he should be one of the last to do so but i think he touched the ball more than any player other than Atapilicueta, so he was certainly heavily involved. Well, um, I, I, I definitely, and I'm willing yeah. to give him a pass on last night's performance. Yeah, I may. I'm, I'm really happy with it. I, I'm really happy with it. I mean, you know, Steve on uh, CSE Mode said he was excellent. He looks about a stone lighter, sharper, hungry, and confident. Very exciting, and I couldn't couldn't agree more than uh, with that. And I, I think I said it on last week's show that you know, if we are to do well this season, you know, we need we need that. We need Hazard in in that mode, no uh, pun, Steve. But we need him to be like that. And I think if he is like that, if he's the the Hazard, he was the Player of the Year a couple of years ago, then we're going to be in with a squeak. Anyway, uh, we should move on because we've kind of overrun our time on part one. But before we do, um, a little bit of a plug for our chums at CFC UK, uh, who of course were manning the stall for the first time. Uh, uh, this season, and uh, of course they're out. That they even got the first issue out, which is lovely. The first issue of CFC UK was on sale yesterday at the game. Uh, I hope you managed to pick up a copy, and even more important, say hello to Marco. Now, if you can't get it at the store, you can always get it digitally by subscribing online at cfcuk.net. And if you're in the USA, you can follow uh, CFC UK USA. And uh, if anyone is interested in getting a, a, a hard copy in the US then you can contact Dan Lundberg who is on Twitter at DLundberg underscore now after the break uh, we'll be explaining how Kante brings balance to the force and we'll be celebrating Kante's passion and pondering that we are not yet the finished article we'll see you in a second the only place for Chelsea fans footballfancast.com Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the Boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chelsea. Welcome back. I'm Stanford Chidge, and you are listening to the Chelsea Fancast, and I have some absolutely earth-shattering breaking news which is Jonathan Kidd has finally joined the party Jonathan Kidd has joined the party now we know what you were doing for the last 25 minutes and I think they're probably class A and very illegal <laughs> if you knew the um, number of things that I was the the items the all these my daughter say hello say up the Chelsea please Georgia up Chelsea up the Chelsea Oh yes, you know, yeah. What? Yeah, what? Uh, yeah, That'll do. It, you know, that's great. Um, she's watching. Um, I've tried. I've tried. Uh, I've tried my my girlfriend's computer, um, my iMac, my iPad, and uh, my phone. And uh, wow. you can tell that I'm. We're all completely Apple orientated here. We're Apple mad. Apple centric. We can't do anything else. So it's very nice that one of them has finally worked. Hooray! That's not a very good. In- that's not a very good advert for Apple, really, is it? No, it's shit, isn't it, really? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, well, let's talk more football, because now we've got JK back. Uh, you're getting a lot of love in Mixler, mate. You are getting oh, so much love. And you've got love guys. on Twitter. 
Thanks, Who was guys. that bloke you paid on Twitter to write nice things about you, saying you were the best Chelsea fan cast? Pundit? Yeah, yeah, it was it was G, wasn't it? It was fish. Was it fish in the dark? Yeah, Good you sure it just Thank wasn't you. one really of you sure, it, you sure it, well, sure it wasn't one of your many Twitter accounts masquerading <laughs> as somebody else? Secret hand shandy, that would be the one, yeah. wouldn't it? Yeah. Oh yeah, that was quite funny. I remember that. <laughs> yeah, I do yeah. like a secret hand shandy sometimes. I, I ran out of enthusiasm for that. I thought the same gag all the time. Anyway, just to make you feel better for being so flaming late, I'm going to read these out because it. it It'll inflate your already overinflated ego. Uh, uh, Jack was clearly worried. He said, "Is there any news on J.K.?" Uh, Matt oh, Jazz uh, says, "J.K. is in the house." Uh, John Chiverton well, says, you, "Top banana." I'm not quite sure what that, that's referring to, but uh, presumably it's not being rude. Uh, Ali says, "Who is this J.K.? He's freaking me out. Can't deal with cheerful J.K." Uh, and then Jack <laughs> says, "J.K. does it best." And Sajin says, "Wingman." I think he spelt that wrong, but it does begin with a W. <laughs> anyway, should we move on? Should we talk about some football? Can we? Yeah, I've got a lovely. I think you might, you missed this in the first part. You might like this a lot, Jonathan. Or as Paul Daniel said, not a lot. Um, but I, I, I've decided after watching last night that Kante brings balance to the force. That's clever. You like that? Yeah, it's clever. Yeah. The force that we saw last night, the force, the huge, the masses of energy that the. The, the unbelievably fit team that, that knackered yeah. West Ham by half-time. Yeah, it was a fitter and more pre-seasoned West Ham than us, it should be said. Indeed, yeah, because they've had yeah. two proper games, yeah, haven't they? they Absolutely. Have Bloody hell. Yeah, I, was, I, was, uh, I thought it was wonderful. It was yeah, a wonderful well, evening, and the fans all then got, all got their... Uh, all got their enthusiasm back. It was a great evening last night. He, he really makes he he really makes the difference. Do you not think, Jonathan? I just think oh, so the whole God, balance, wonderful. the whole balance of the team, and you know, the, yeah, so yeah, I, I, yeah. I think... But it was it was well, my my mate. I you know, kept saying, oh, it's 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 Makalele with 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 more batteries. She kept saying all the time. <laughs> I like it. And I like uh, it. but she, he, yeah, he's a he's a great little side, a great little, little um great little player. But to us, it Neil Ashton managed to work out in the Daily Mail that he he'd done nothing. I don't. Uh, oh. I don't get Flat. to some of these football uh, reporters occasionally. They're I mean, that's the, just rubbish. It's a game from us. Complete rubbish. Absolute Absol- bollocks. A- absolute, absolute bollocks is much better. I agree with that entirely. He was, he's playing a slightly different role, isn't isn't he, to, um, for when he played for Leicester? I think he was more all over the place. He's You're right. Mean, but everybody, everybody in the team has very fixed roles under Conte. Mm. And, uh, and I tell you, somebody who didn't really... It didn't. Um, it, it seemed to enjoy it as much for me. Was Willian, who I, I thought was the worst player for us last night, because he seems to be very fixed. Because he wants he wants to have two wingers. His He's Brazilian. Two mate. Wingers as wide as possible is uh, is is one of Conte's things. It's a, it's a it was it's a fantastic just to see these different tactics unfold in front of your eyes. In the same way, I suppose, looking at Guardiola, you can see what he's trying to play. Something. Very wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? Wouldn't it be? Wouldn't it be? completely ironic if uh, I shall direct this to Clayton actually wouldn't it be completely ironic if you know William who was our standout player last season when everything was falling around Jose's ears the only one who seemed to kind of like Jose and be bothered to play for him wouldn't it be ironic that now we've got a, a manager who I think will do a better job uh, and that everybody seems to love playing before. Wouldn't it be ironic if if, if William kind of down tools and doesn't like it because he can't float around all over the place like a Brazilian Clayton I I I think that would be horrible. Um, he he should hold a very dear place in all our hearts because uh, he obviously he works hard. I, I I thought he was okay last night. I didn't think he was noticeably poor. Um, 
I think he, he was part of a team. I think that's that's the whole thing last night. We were a team uh, for yeah, the first yeah, agree, time in a long time. Um, I mean, the Kante thing was fantastic. I did see that Neil Ashton thing, and I just think that was clickbait because he can't possibly have been watching the game because he, he made some comment about he was misplacing passes and he was doing this, that, and the other. Well, and he, he had the com- highest pass completion rate of yeah. anybody on the pitch. Yeah, I mean, yeah. He, he was either 54 or 55 out of 57 passes completed. Yeah. So that was, exactly. yeah. and one that he did pass that went astray, it was like, well, so what? I mean, the thing is that he was great. Um, I think the whole Makaleli thing is because of what he looks like physically and what he does. But his protection of the back four, his anticipation, I mean, we, we all watched it last year at Leicester and thought, oh my God, what a great player. And I don't care how much you spend on Pogba. I don't care how much you spend on anybody. That is the signing of the season. End of. Mm. I mean, John oh, John makes a very good point uh, on, on Mixler and says that actually Kante would have been even more battery-fied without the early yellow card. And I remember that was the kind of first kind of event that happened in the game. And I remember being really, really peed off about it because, you know... It was it was like under three minutes. He was booked after three minutes, and my first thought was, would that have been a yellow card if he'd still been playing in a Leicester shirt, Ross? Um, I I don't know. It was it was kind of maybe maybe not. I, th- I think it was very early in the game, so yeah. it, it was maybe a little harsh. But then um, a West Ham player made an almost identical challenge and didn't get booked. So exactly that. I mean, the the referee it was Collins. Didn't have it was a good Collins point. a few yeah. moments later? Yeah. Absolutely yeah. agree. Yeah. Do you, do you think? Do you think that? Do you think that? I mean, we you missed all a bit about where that we, we were kind of like decrying the media-driven agenda against Chelsea seems to be alive, kicking, and still with us uh, in in Costa particularly. But you know that for me was an even more blatant example of it, Jonathan. Um, well, I think the the pro- I thought the problem the referee had was that he was so willing to enforce the new law that if there's any kind of dissent you immediately give a yellow card that when an actual tackle occurred that looked a little bit like it could possibly be a yellow card he was thinking oh shit I've got to send them off now because they've already given him a yellow card for just yeah. shouting at him. although he didn't and send I, anybody I, off no he didn't but I felt it restricted him uh, in terms of then giving yellow cards for further for further fouls because there were That's several I mean I, I, I thought the um, uh, the challenge on, on Adrian which everybody then, you know, was obviously seen in slow motion on Sky, I presume. Um, uh, I thought uh, Billich, who I think, I have to say, I think Billich is a fabulous manager and a uh, fantastic, because um, uh, um, he, he, underst- he understands the game greatly, having played so much. So he just said, didn't he, in his press conference, it was a late tackle. Um, he just went for the ball and missed it. It wasn't. He wasn't being vicious. He wasn't deliberately trying to 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 kick Adrian. Um, so I think that was. I hope that's what the referee mm. saw as well, um, because it, it you know it, it made Adrian made an enormous meal of it as yeah. you'd expect. Because we've done all that. We've done all, we done all we... that in part one, mate. I'm going to move sorry, on because sorry, we were, sorry, you know, sorry, that's all right. Yeah. Don't worry. It's just that I, I'm. I'm it was. It, I agree with you basically entirely. And actually, fair play to Billich because I don't. I don't. I mean, a lot of managers would have really made a. A meal out of that, wouldn't they, J.K.? I agree with you. Listen, one thing I do want to bring up here, which uh, I think is a very, um, well, for me, personally, of huge relevance. I thought Matic uh, looked a lot better last night, and I just thought, isn't yeah, it agreed. interesting? He, look, he, look, he looks a lot more comfortable next to someone who can defend Clayton. 
as in him and uh, Kante were pretty much playing as a two, although officially I think it was a 4-1-4 or Clay- Clayton. I, I think they were fantastic together. I think they yeah. really were. I mean, I, I've seen um, Matic has got a bit of stick from certain quarters and what have you. I don't get it. I think I think he played really well last night. I think he was, you know, he had a good game. And I think those two, um, if we can keep them fit and keep them together, they're going to protect the back four. Um, does yeah, does this on. not beg... Go on, sorry, go on. No, 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 go on. What were you going to say? Well, I was going to say, does this not beg the question that does, does Fabregas have a future? And, and I think, you know, to put some context around that... Uh, you know, Matic was apparently, I mean, obviously this is all rumour and press speculation, but apparently Matic was angling for a move and yeah. Roman uh, made a direct appeal to him. So Roman wants him there, Conte wants him there, uh, and yet, you know, now we're hearing in the press that Fabregas, you know, his people are, are you know, it's coming out in the press today about Real Madrid being interested in all of that. And, and, or, and he was having, and Conte was having to kind of, you know, a bit like Guardiola and Hart, if you like, and Mourinho and Mata. You know, Conte was having to kind of justify why he didn't pick Fabregas, and oh no, he's he's great, and I still want him. But you know, Conte is is more obsessed with uh, people doing the right thing at the right time, and 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 the team defending as a cohesive unit than than even Jose is. So you know, he's going to look at a midfield player, and he's and he's going to say. I don't really want to. Well, I don't know. I mean, he may may not do, but I would imagine he's going to look at a defensive or a midfielder who cannot run, cannot tackle, and cannot defend, and he's going to think, I don't really want anybody like that. So, I wonder if he. Ha- I wonder if Fabregas really does have a future. But I, 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 I hear everything that you say, and I do agree. And if and you he used to play for Arsenal. Last I night, should always add that in, shouldn't I? <laughs> yeah, there, there's no, there's no tinge, is there? Um, but. The, <laughs> The, the one thing I... There's only one word I'd say to you, and that's Perlo. Um, yeah, but Perlo and... is a very different player than Fabregas, and he's got longer legs well, than he... he's got a beard. <laughs> well, Fabregas got a beard. Um, but Perlo's not a renowned tackler. Um, Perlo's not fast. You know, I think yeah. that... True. There no, are... but he's, he's a better shielder of the defence than Fabregas is. Yeah, but if, if basically if Fabregas is in that side, he's only in that side in addition to Kante and Matic. Mm. He's in that side because, say, Oscar's not in there or William's not in there Good and it's point. a different way to play. The Good only thing point. I would say about last night is that, yes, we, we played very well, but for our forwards, all the chances that we had were shots from outside the box. There wasn't anything created in the way yeah. that Fabregas can, can actually play those balls through. I mean, we, there was a couple of nice little passes behind the fullbacks, but I think there is a place for Fabregas. Whether he'll, he'll accept a bench place, I don't think so. Because well, and Him and his ego might have a distinct issue with that, I think, Clayton, and that's kind of what I'm half alluding to. It's really interesting what you say there, mate, because uh, uh, JK's mate, Jack... Uh, who I, it could well be uh, Jack actually may well be Jonathan Kidd on Mixler. I haven't I haven't haven't had this verified <laughs> yet. I don't know, but Could he says too uh, many compliments for him. Well, indeed, but uh, he says uh, Fabregas and Oscar battle for that one position. Think it'll be half and half most of the season. Both do different things for the team. That's a really good point. But I I actually agree with both of those sentiments. I, I think that that actually Fabregas will not be competing against Matic and Kanté. He will be more likely to be competing for the pseudo number 10 role that kind of Oscar Oscar was 
kind of in. Although I have heard that, that Conte is quite a fan of, of, of putting Hazard into the number 10 role, JK. Um, I, I was just going to make a, a point about Fabregas. I was going to say about, about him as a manager. Do We, we don't know yet. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, Conte as a manager. We don't know yet whether he does horses for courses. In other mm. words, we don't know whether he, he actually chose the team last night because he'd looked at West Ham and uh, and wanted a certain type yeah. of uh, of tackler and it may it may be that Fabregas fits into a different system against yeah. another team and that may be the, it may be something that Fabregas doesn't like but it may be the way that Conte Conte manages um yeah. I don't think that he'll change um Hazard in any way whatsoever I think he'll keep him as a winger but I think he really does like these well you know we'll obviously have to see he really does like if you look back at his previous um uh, ma- managerial stints. He really does like having uh, wingers, two wingers, and, uh, and, uh, and 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 they can come in as much as they like. But the width is is fantastic to actually see players pulling West Ham uh, West Ham players um, apart by just being so wide all the way through the game is something I don't remember having seen at Chelsea for years, particularly not under Mourinho, where he was intent on on, on compressing the play in the middle an enormous amount. And so to, this width just has added something completely different for, for us to see tactically. Ross, uh, final final point on this from you, my friend. Um, well, I, I, th- I think there are a number of issues here. And one is that the, the, um, the squad in terms of the players versus the formation, I don't think there's an obvious first choice 11 in an obvious um, formation. I think um Fabregas um I think he could be a good squad player but it, it looks like Conte wants to play a kind of 4-3-3 with Oscar sort of doing a little bit what Lampard used to do which was sort of sitting on one side but actually being the one who broke forward and, and Matic was was more next to um uh Conte in the middle but he was still on the left hand side and then as 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 we know William didn't sort of have the the most impactful of games because he's a bit more used to playing in a different um, formation. Role, yeah, uh, um, <clears throat> but yeah, I agree. Not... Oscar Oscar was very far, much further forward than he normally is. As of course was Branner. Yeah. Was... He, Oscar was basically asked to go up and press in in certain situations, yeah, and then yeah. and then sit back. I, I actually quite liked Oscar's performance last night. I thought he was. I thought he was a revelation. Um, but going going for, I mean, um, Kante is obviously going to be more of a a, a Makaleli type player than a. Uh, than he was at Leicester, where he where he was more of a uh, you know all action, all over the pitch kind of player. So, yeah. but I, I th- to be honest, I I wouldn't necessarily say that Conte's settled on his final formation. I mean, it, it, we haven't even got a full squad full squad together yet. So we'll see how things go. My my point on Conte that I meant to say earlier on, I, I can't help now. Whenever I see Conte play or hear his name mentioned, I I, I cannot help but think of uh, More Conte's. Very famous Yeki Yeki song, uh, which I'm not going to do an impression of, but uh, go and look for it on Spotify. And then when you'll always think of uh, Kante when you think of that song by Moray Kante, Yeki Yeki. There we go. Uh, nice. Is there a lot of kids? Is there a lot of Yeki 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 Yeki? No, it's, it's, it kind of goes do 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 That one. That's about as good as it's going to get from me. Right now, talking yeah. of uh, Conte, not Kante. Um, well, we got to talk, we got to talk about him. I mean, what a what a wonderful amount of passion that that man exudes. I mean, he he kicks every ball, he directs every pass, 
and uh, um, and and then then we had that mental goal celebration, which I'm very tempted to call. I'm very tempted to call, I'm very tempted I'm very to call, tempted to call Jonathan. Jonathan. Yes. What's going on? That's better. Nothing. Yeah. Anyway, that mental goal celebration, which I'm very tempted to call wigging out. Tumbleweed, brilliant. Uh, but I think you know the bottom line is I think when you see all of that with Conte, I mean I think Henry Winter put it like this. He said it must be love at first sight, and I, I think it very much is, isn't it, Clayton? It is. Um, I don't know uh, what anybody else thinks, but I did actually think the flags were an embarrassment. I, I mean, I'm I'm very pleased to greet him and and all the rest of it, but I did think those silver foil flags were slightly tacky. Um, He's or great. what the fucking hell was that, as the West Ham fans sang? Well, I we we I couldn't actually agree with them more. It was it was uh, it was yeah, it wasn't very good. Anyway, um, I found a bit camp. I quite like the campness of it. Did you? But, did yeah, you? That, there's that a campness about Conti. There's a sort of camp thing about Conti as well. You know, he's quite he's quite sort of floppy, isn't he, about everything? So, I, I, yes. uh, possibly, but I wouldn't like <clears> him on the wrong side of him. Anyway. Um, <laughs> I, I think he's great. I mean, I think he's really good. And what I think's great about him is I think he's a really good fit for the club. I think he's, you know, he just fits in. You know, in the way Abraham Grant did. No, um, I just think, I just think he's, he's, he's made for us. And I just hope and I pray they just let him get on with it. I really yeah. do. Just, let him do you know, his job. I couldn't agree let more, him mate. do his job because he obviously can do that job and can do that job well. Um, I know what you're saying, and you don't want to mention the other bloke's name. The, the individual, individual. you called him, yeah. yeah. And and he had passion, you know. He had passion. Not not last um, season, he didn't. Not last season, but I, I yeah, I'm not going to get into that. But he doesn't appear to have much passion this year either, does he, Mourinho at uh, um, of Man United? Well, we'll he seems see. a bit we'll dour. See. We'll but see, the yeah. bottom line is Conte. Conte looks like a great fit, and I'm I'm sort of really pleased he's there. He's just he looks good. He looks good, and what he did last night on the pitch in terms of his substitutions, etc., that all looked good. So it all bodes well. Yeah, he, he fits as good as his syrup does, mate. That's for sure. Ross, whoa, 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 whoa! Hold on, you lot, Clayton. It's a it's a weave. It's a it's weave. Not syrup. It's a well, weave. Excuse me, I don't even think it's a weave. I think it's a transplant. It's a syrup, mate. I know a syrup when I see one. Anyway, enough of that, Ross. Um, the thought that I, I, I came away with last night was that, um, you know, we would have lost that game last season. And, and the thing that really impressed me most of all about that, and I think, well, I'd like to think uh, this is one area where Conte has made a significant difference already, is that the desire and the commitment is back. I, I think even, you know, Tim Rolls on Twitter said this. He said that, you know, West Ham getting that goal back last season, heads would have dropped. This time, they kind of got their shit together and they battled it out to try and get a win. You know, the big difference, wasn't there, Ross? Yeah, I think the the only the only time we were we were sort of a little nervous, maybe as supporters and as players, was the first ten to fifteen minutes when West Ham had a, had a lot of the ball and 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 they were sort of had us on the back foot. But after that, the team was coordinated. They were they were all pressing at the same time, which shows they had a good plan. They all believed in what in what the manager was telling them to do, and I think it was you know having a, a new manager in charge, a new season, and it was like the pressure the pressure was off, and it and it allowed to it allowed them to play like a group of good players that they are, and and, and I think Conte's um, tactics help. I think his his 
you know his briefing and player management certainly helps as well in it and it, it was very satisfying to see the team sort of really take it out to the end they didn't they didn't panic when West Ham scored and uh, uh, yeah they, they played to the final whistle and and it, as I said earlier, it was it was strange seeing Moses and Pedro on the pitch, but it, we didn't miss a beat when 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 they were on at the end. Yeah, Pedro makes me laugh. He's like he's like a comedy Spaniard, isn't he? With that kind of little moustache and that look, he's kind of like Speedy Gonzalez, you know. My name is Pedro, and I steal things. He's like I don't know, something a bit like Manuel in Faulty Towers. He's got that. I think he's a comedy Spaniard. I've got to be honest. Is uh, is getting booked, you know, for a crap tackle wasn't very funny, I have to admit. But there you go. Um, actually, talking of Pedro and and other things like that, I think we we need to, you know, not be so euphoric. Although I I like being euphoric when we beat West Ham and win our opening game, and I do think it was really important actually to 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 win that first game. You know, I think that we needed the lift, the team needed the lift, and I think Conte needed the lift as well. But uh, we are not the finished article, are we? I mean, the first thing, Williams still can't take corners, Jonathan. No, no. <laughs> they, they, they've got to sort that out, haven't they, really? The, it, it, it's either the, the it hits the first man or it's the, the long looping one that goes right over the top, which uh, um, is easily cleared. Um, uh, you wonder if anybody else could possibly take a corner. Why has he been designated? I suppose it's because he's, he's the free kick taker as well, isn't he? He had a... He had a good go, didn't he? At one, at that was a good free um, kick, that wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, um, enjoyed that. But yeah, the, I, 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 the thing is, is it, what 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 I was impressed by was how um, if if he can make everybody play uh, according to the plan and play and play better, then ultimately, do we need to buy anybody else? You know, should they be talking about Koulibaly and and Lukaku if he can make? If, for example, Pedro, who I've never been a great fan of, I just don't think he's come up to, to scratch, if he's going to come on later on and, and actually make an impression. like Moses, I was very pleased to see Moses play because he played very well once again in, uh, in pre-season. And to see him come on and contribute and, uh, and tactically for, for Conte to put on uh, the Batman up front and him, him then to provide the assist, I thought was you know pretty canny stuff. And I like the fact that Moses and Pedro looked, looked OK. But yeah, they're not... They're not they're not great players coming on, but if he can make him into make them into something better, then if he's the alchemist, he can make the the base metal into gold. Well, you know, all in good. You know, you know it's, something. It's... I, I, I'm glad Moses got a chance actually, because I think he's been yeah, quite, me too. You know, quite harshly treated. But uh, I just had another thought about Pedro. Actually, you know, he he, he looks like a, a very young, uh, a, a younger version of Eli Wallach. As he was in playing Duco in the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. The Bad, and the Ugly, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the moustache, isn't it? Chief? It is. It's, he's got. He's got. All, I mean, I can, I can imagine Eli Wallach looking uh, very well. Pedro looking very much like Eli Wallach in his younger, younger days. We ought to play in a pair of chaps, a pair of leather chaps and cowboy boots. And then there we go. We, we should love. Sombrero. We should love Pedro because he's clearly a chap. Yeah. It's all yes, right. Don't worry. I'll get my coat. Um, yeah. What else? I think. I think. Look, you know. Ultimately, it's really interesting what you were all saying, really, about, you know, do we really need to buy anybody? Because Conte was saying, you know, it'd be nice to buy some people. There are rumours abounding that we're about to splash the cash very seriously. But on the other hand, Conte was saying, well, I'm, I'm happy to work with what I've got if I have to. But uh, yeah. one thing that, w- which was a concern, which was incredibly redolent of, of last season, was, you know, the the amount of chances we were creating, and yet, you know. Uh, I, I think second half it changed. I mean, we were we, we we had two shots on target in the first half. It did change a little bit in the second, but we seem to have 
you know, a real issue with being clinical in front of goal, or actually, it's it's not just the final touch; it's the touch but or two before the final touch, and that's still an issue. And, and on another day, you know, uh, I mean, a that's what happens. If you're on top, you need to score. If you don't, then the opposition score, which is kind of what happened with West Ham. They're only shot on target, completely against the run of play. Um, and, you know, OK, we got back and we won 2-1. But we've all seen this story before and we've all seen how it ends. And I have to say, for me, that's a real concern, Ross. Uh, what is exactly? Oh, for God's sake, stop typing bloody letters to your girlfriend and listen to the show. And then you'll know what I was talking about. No, I, 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 I was listening. <laughs> Just repeat that last bit. I don't know. Shall I or shan't I? You decide. Uh, basically, look, uh, what I'm saying is I think one of the big issues from last season was the fact that we were not clinical in front of goal and it wasn't just the final touch, it was the, the last two or three touches. Um, so, you know, we need to sort that out because if we don't, we'll get punished. If you don't score when you're on top, you get punished. Yeah, I thought I thought the only sort of difference was last night we weren't actually creating that many clear-cut chances. Yeah. I, I think um, it, it was a good all-round performance, but it it, it wasn't like um, our strikers or, or or finishers had, you know, that obvious chance to score where where we re- we would have really regretted missing it. I think at one point Hazard found himself in a good spot in the penalty area, but he wasn't yeah. quite in the right body shape and had to take an extra touch, and then that chance went. But I, th- I thought you know we create we created a lot of a lot of pressure, and it, it wasn't like we weren't shooting at all, but. Um, until until Costa stepped up right at the end, there there wasn't it wasn't like um, you, you know we were regretting anything. Righty ho. Um, enough of all of that. Um, I've, one thing I will say because we're about to have our our, our our plug for classic football shirts, but uh, I, I happen to notice that the new kit. I wonder what you look think of this, but the new kit looks to me suspiciously like the Bates classic collection kit, and uh, I reckon it's probably made by the same cheap manufacturer, judging how. Uh, long uh, JTs lasted last night, which got ripped clean <laughs> off him. Uh, but there you go. Um, uh, what I might do is try and put a. Um, uh, in fact, actually, weirdly, I, I, I found what the, the. I reminded myself of what the kit looked like by going to Classic Football Shirts website. What's and, that, uh, Classic? Classic is it Football Shirts. Ah, website. Yes, and they actually, they actually had a, a shot of the old collection kit on there. So I might put that up on the uh, Rich Media for the ACAST bit. But Jonathan. Is, is, it, is it slightly checked? Is it slightly checked? Top, no, it? no, the... no. It's very blue, no? shiny blue, and V-necked and oh, cheap. Okay. Yeah. It's cheap. Okay. Jonathan, it's time okay. for classic shirts. So Chelsea fancast and classic football shirts <laughs> have come together to offer all football fans around the world a fantastic opportunity to win a fifty-pound voucher from guess who? Classic football shirts. Yes, there they are again in the first paragraph. Their stock (laughs) includes a huge range of original football kits from all over the world, as we've already said, around the world in the first paragraph, with leading brands such as Adidas, yes, them, Nike, which is pronounced Nike, and not Nick, as a friend of mine the other day said, and Puma, to name just a few. Or Puma to their friends. Yeah, with its new products with the tag still on. I've got several of those. I've got a tag on me at the moment. Rare player issue items or pre-owned classic shirts from the past. Classic. The site has something for any football fan. They have kits, classic kits, 
dating back to the 1970s right through to this season's collections, you'll find it hard not to reminisce about the fond memories from yesteryear. I can imagine you in the pub saying, oh, I've got that classic shirt. Have you got that one? I'm wearing mine now. Oh, yes. This competition is open to our listeners from all over the world. From all over the world. What a surprise. Because around what, what, the world... You mean, you a- mean all, all over the world? Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Chidge. JK. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chidge, I'd be bereft. Inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. <laughs> It's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep, NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow, great. Uh, But yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK. And best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy. I could cry. <laughs> Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. All over the world. The world. So whether you live in Kensington... A very Barbados. good place, Kensington, Kensington or Chelsea, as it's known, or indeed Barbados or Kenya. You still have a great chance to win this fantastic prize. It couldn't be simpler to enter. All you have to do is answer the question below. How many times have Chelsea lifted the Premier League title? You were going to change that from last week, Chidge. You were going to change it to how many times have Chelsea held the Premier League title or won the Premier League title? Because you don't lift a title, do you? No. No, good point. Well, We'll put the link up on Twitter and Facebook. We will. And if you're listening, which you must be on Acast, you're, uh, sorry, Acast, you'll see the link on the player. It's that simple, capital S. The competition closes at midnight on the 31st of August 2016, and the winner will be announced soon after. The, the winner will receive an email from Classic Football Shirts to organise the prize. Um, As a thank you for entering, all participants will also receive an exclusive discount to use at Classic Classic Football Football Shirts. I love it. Football Shirts. Good Classic Football Shirts luck. Enough. You've had your moment in the spotlight and you've hammed it up like Hammy the Bloody Hamster, mate. Anyway, after the break. Too much much that time. Jonathan, Jonathan, Jonathan. Yeah. Jonathan. Shut up. 
yeah. after the break, we'll be ta- uh, we'll be talking fan duel, and we're going to be inviting you to join in this week's fantasy football challenge, and they're going to be looking back at how well we all did last week. Mm, not good. Uh, plus, Ross has some tips for you as well, which will be very helpful and useful. And we'll also be talking to Clayton about his book, Palpable Discord, in it. We are off for some brain surgery. See you in a second. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea. Footballfancast.com Welcome back, I'm Stanford Chidge, and you are listening to the Chelsea Fancast, uh, in association with Classic Football. Actually, it's not in association with Classic Football. I kind of I kind of wish it was now, because it just makes me laugh every time I hear you say that, Jonathan. One thing I should add, actually, that I found out about Classic Football shirts is that they are the sole, I think, sponsors of this year's Football Blogging Awards, which, of course, what happened at last year's Football Blogging Awards, chaps? We won it! Uh, yes, uh, we yeah. won our second award, chaps. We, not just me, we won our second award. Um, anyway, so they're having that again, I think, in November up in Manchester. Uh, there are rumours that they're having it at Old, Old Trafford, which is unmentionably horrible. But anyway, um, the point is, is that Classic Football Shirts are sponsoring it. So uh, an early shout-out to remind you to vote early and vote often when the time comes so that Chelsea fancasts can make it a hat-trick of wins which would be jolly good now enough of all that people uh, of, of far more greater import uh, in terms of uh, the wonders of this week uh, right uh, just to remind you about FanDuel really uh, FanDuel as you probably should know by now is a one day fantasy football game and you can select a team of Premier League players for a single round of fixtures. In other words, you're not locked in uh, for the whole of the season as as you are with so many. And you can play and you can watch uh, because uh, you know you, all the all the stats kind of up, get updated live. And you can win money if you're good enough. And you can all, the, all do all of this in one day, just one whole day. Now you can play for free, or you can put your own money on the line for bigger payouts. Now, I think the great thing about uh, FanDuel is it was designed by football fans like like us. Uh, but it's also powered by Opta Stats, who, as we know, are the people for football stats. And it's much more uh, than goals and assists and clean sheets. Every pass, interception, every tackle, they all have very big implications, as I'm afraid many of us found this week. Uh, and you've got 100 million quid to spend, so get on it. Uh, and I will tell you how to uh, when we've had a chat about how we did this week. Uh, well, in fact, last weekend, because we all entered the competition that... Uh, for the Saturday games, and I feel a drum roll coming in, but I actually, I don't know if the boys have got their script, um, but I actually do have in front of me the uh, the results from last week, and I will do them in reverse order. Should I do them in reverse order, boys? Would that be fair? Yes, do them in reverse order, Chidge. That would be What's, fair. It would be fair. Um, I have to be honest and say that there is nobody on the podcast tonight who uh, is last, because that honour... No, no, well, you are, because you didn't bloody enter, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, okay, in I think there are about 960-odd uh, entries for the £15,000 fan favourite, which is the one that we all entered. Dan Levine, the man who earns a living writing and knowing about football, 
he came 947th with 94.25 points. And just for uh, the record, his team was Hart, Alderweireld, Jose Fonte, Williams, Dan, Dan, Sigurdsson, uh, Shakiri, Gundogan, Nolito, Long, Aguero. Fat lot of good that did him. Yeah, but to uh, be fair to to be fair to me, he had the same problem I had. He thought Williams was going to be playing for Everton. Well, we'll get well, into uh, that. Keep didn't. your powder dry. Keep your powder dry, Jonathan. Keep your All powder right. dry. We're in the middle of reading the results. All right. The, dis- the discussion comes afterwards because this is just shocking and shaming, and uh, I will be drummed out of proper Chell school as a result because uh, in trailing uh, in second to last place is me with 109 points oh dear I came I came 924th overall and my team was Forster Fonte Cliche Zabaleta Delaney De Bruyne Shakiri Deli Ali Adam Lukaku and Aguero which on paper looked to me like a pretty good bloody team but I was wrong um, and, the, and the most shocking and shaming thing of all Jonathan this is this is uh, especially for you is that I I I was 924th and you were 923rd uh, with one more point <laughs> And you had we, Forster we Fonte. We were in cahoots, weren't we? We Chief? must have we been. Knew. Yeah, you were. Yeah. You had Forster, Fonte, Coleman, Williams, Rose, Ericsson, uh, Townsend, Matt Phillips, I think, uh, Dini, uh, uh, Arnautovic, and Long. Uh, and that, so basically, that's got the shit people out of the way, Jonathan. And now we concentrate on some of the good ones. Um, and I have to say that, that Dan Sills, Ross and and Marco all did very, very well. Dan Sills was 613th on 163.25 points. He missed out on winning 15 quid by 0.25. So basically 612th earned you money, or 611th earned you money. He was 613th. Very unlucky. But he had Mandanda, Fonte, Walker, Coleman, Johnson, Sigurdsson, Shakiri, Townsend, Kane, Aguero, Negredo. Uh, now, Ross, do you know what you, have you got your have you got your stuff uh, in uh, in front of you, or shall I read yours out? What my my team sheet? Yeah, I think I'll do. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. You, oh, well, you go came, for it if you want. You came five hundred and forty seventh, and you uh, had one hundred sixty nine point seven seventy five points, and you won money, didn't you? Yeah, I did. I, I doubled my my stake courtesy you of got... the fine chaps at Fanjul. Did you? So you won fifteen quid and you got that double. Yeah. Bloody hell! So you won thirty quid. No, no, no. I, I, I. It was the seven pound entry, and then I also entered the the two pound entry one oh. and, and doubled that as well. Oh, good man. So Ross won some money, and his team was Hennessy, Walker, Dan, Michael, who? Keen. Keen. Silver, Shakiri, Lamella, Balassi, Kane, Aguero, Wickham. But uh, massive, 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 massive props go to Mark Worrell, who I have to say, whether it's betting or fantasy football or whatever, Mark has the knack, always has had. Now, he came 431st, and uh, he had 181.25 points, and his side was given Coleman, Target, Dan, De Bruyne, Tadic, Redmond, Eriksson, Nolito, Aguero, and Gray. I'm really pissed off with that because I was tempted to play. I was tempted to pick Tadic, and Tadic is what's basically earned him a lot of the points. Although Redmond got him a few as well. That's what yeah, made I the had difference Redmond in my other lineup. Yeah. So there you go. So um, well played, Marco. Marco tops our little kind of mini league of the of the Chelsea fancasters. Me and Jonathan have serious work to do. And no, Dan, no, no, no. 
Chidge, I'm sorry. I have to re- I'll reiterate this. You don't the think we have work to do? We, no, we don't. The reason we have problems is because we got lots of zeros because the, the team we chose, they, w- they weren't picked. So well, we, the work our... we have to do is to try and make sure that we choose players who are fit and going to be selected. That's the only work. The players exactly. we chose were quite good. I like your team selection. I thought yeah, it was clever. I, I liked it too. But that's a very, very good point. I've got a, a few handy tips about that as well. Um, just for the record, just just to, just to let you know what we're up, we're up against. There's a guy called J forty six two J four six two two. He was the winner. He won a thousand quid, and he had two hundred and sixty three point two five points. So that just kind of shows you what we're up against. And he, his team looks absolute rubbish on paper. It's Heaton, Alderweireld, Cedric, something, I can't remember his second name, Van Dyke, Suarez, thank you. <coughs> Excuse me, Van Dyke, Eriksson, Pad Tadic, Redmond, there we go, Tadic and Redmond, they were the key, weren't they? Kapue also did really well for him. Uh, Fernandino, Aguilero, and Dini. Dini, I mean, every single one of his players contributed pretty well, apart from uh, Alderweireld, but... Uh, you know, Tadic, Redmond, and, and Kapuwe were, were superb. So well played him. Now, um, Ross, you actually do have some uh, some tips, don't you? Do, do, have you got you know that email you sent me? I've got this in front of me. I can read it out, or you can. It's up to you. Yeah, yeah. I've got I've got my notes here. So would you uh, like yeah, to as, take us through your yeah, tips? Yeah. yeah. Um, Ross's as, as top said, tips. <laughs> yeah, as you said, it's Classic. not just about goals. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> It's not just about goals, assists, and, and clean sheets. Uh, as you know, as you said earlier, it's, it's tackles, interceptions, clearances, passes, chances created, and and a few more things score points. So, unlike fantasy Premier League, which I know a lot of people play, um, you're not you're not reliant on goal scoring defenders and, and midfielders who who might not get you points on any given a week. Um, plus, um, as we said already, um, the beauty of daily games is that you don't have to plan your teams ahead to play each week. It's, it's not over the course of the season. Um, you can set a team in any formation and chop and change right up until up until kickoff. So, um, as I think I'll mention later, when when the teams come out at two two o'clock or an hour before, um, you you want to play play around with them. Then then you've got the opportunity to to start some players who you might not have considered. Um, couple of pointers to begin with um, cheap goalkeepers or defenders you know are starting for good teams or for poor teams with favourable favourable opponents are a, are a good shout um, <clears throat> goals assists and shots on target will score you points so you, you do want the best attackers on the best teams or those scoring regularly for uh, mid table sides um, like Lukaku but Aguero is going to be a fixture because ultimately you do need, you do need um, the top scorer in your team every week, and and he's he's probably the standout striker in the league, um, apart from Costa. <laughs> um, even average strikers on good teams like um, Olivier Giroud, as dirty as that will make you feel, will score points because uh, shots on target um, uh, get you points. Um, so if if Arsenal are playing at home, a, a player like Giroud will get a lot of points, even if he doesn't score any goals. Um, <clears throat> it's always a, a good idea. I th- well, I think so far to choose, try and choose players who are playing at home, or or if you're choosing a player who's playing away, make sure it's against one of the one one of the poorer teams in the league. Because if a team dominates a game, uh, their midfielders and attackers are likely to score more points simply because they'll have so much of the ball, and that's also doubly the case for home games. 
Um, there are decent points available for tackles, interceptions and passes, so all action midfielders are going to be pivotal. Uh, ponying up for players like Pogba could well be worth it. And then, you know, t- touching on the Chelsea side, if Matic regains his form, he could be a good scorer. And Oscar might be might be two as well, uh, with his propensity to put a few tackles in. Um, and then just to tie things off, goalkeepers and defenders, you obviously want your players keeping clean sheets, but there are points for stage tackles, interceptions and block shots. So the players playing well in tight matches will be valuable. Uh, as an example, a defender in a mid-table team versus a lower opponent um, would have opportunities to excel, whereas, say, when Chelsea are playing Hull at home, John Terry he might have a good game, but he, he might not be that involved to, to score you points. Um, and then uh, my final tip would be set an early set an early lineup as soon as you want to as soon as you want to enter. So that's early in the week, and then at kickoff time, once team sheets are announced, you you probably will be able to find a number of squad players starting. Um, who you might not have predicted, um, such as uh, Wayne Hennessy, who started for Palace. So I was able to save some money by um, playing uh, Hennessy over Hart, and then I used that money to um, put Carl Walker in my team, who I otherwise wouldn't have had available, and he scored enough points to get me the money. Yeah, excellent stuff, mate. I mean, actually, that's some really good advice. And actually, that applies to you and me, Jonathan. I think, you know, because you can change your team right up to kickoff. Uh, yeah. If we'd have had our wits about us, we would have, because you know, here's the thing: as you as you probably know, the teams release their their starting eleven uh, an hour before kickoff. So if we keep yeah. our wits about us, and we, I mean, I, as it happened, I couldn't because I was uh, I was at the bloody supporters trust meeting, wasn't I? So I I couldn't yeah. be checking on this at all. But had I, had I, I been able to, I well, done. It's whether I can actually be asked, you know, whether I've got well, something you know. better to do or not. I'm sorry. Well, I'm, I'm happy to get get my team and then to, and, and let it do its thing rather than going I must check it just before can't, kickoff I'm sorry can't I you can't. get your butler to do it mate oh yes I should I should ask Sopwith to do it he would do it for me but the other yeah. thing is is that um, actually Ross you know I've, I've Ross's points about I mean number one I, it's interesting that uh, the guy who won this thing completely his formation was 3-5-3 three, three, so he stacked it with midfielders and that actually paid off for him big time so you know, rather than I mean, you see, I couldn't resist going four four effing two because that's what I love. But actually, yeah, I, I went might... three four three. Yeah, I think I think top loading it with the uh, with midfielders and strikers is probably the way to go. But I think also weighing up who's playing who, that's also quite a smart move. Uh, and I think also you know if you're going to choose defenders and goalkeepers, choose defenders and goalkeepers who hopefully aren't going to let too many goals in but are going to see a lot of action because they'll score points and on that point people i dug out the old fan dual point scoring system here um, i i presume that this is the one they've got in operation but basically you get 15 points for a goal seven for an assist five for a shot on target two for a tackle three for a chance created 1.5 for an interception one for a clearance two for a shot blocked 0.5 for a foul drawn uh, Hazard would be a great uh, uh, player to have for that as well as many other reasons wouldn't he 5 successful passes 0.25 uh, missed penalty minus 5 own goal minus 5 uh, yellow card minus 1 red card minus 5 so you need to kind of be mindful of players you get booked a lot as well so don't all rush to buy uh, uh, Lee Catamol. Um extra points scoring events for extra points scoring events for goalkeepers clean sheets 10 Save penalty six, save three, goal conceded minus one. So I think that's a really 
good system, but it's worth bearing that in mind when you make your picks. Uh, so we need to do better, I think, a lot of us, although yeah. some of the boys did well and got some money. Have you have you lot got any thoughts about... I mean, basically, I'm going to tell you which game... Should I, I'll t- should I tell the people what game we're in this week? Then that might be useful, mightn't it? Um, this week's competition, people, uh, to which you are cordially invited... Um, but we have got a lovely little offer for you. Um, we're going to be entering the £10,000 uh, fan favourite, uh, which is £5 to enter. Uh, there, will, there will be 536 winners, and the top prize, like last week, will be £1,000. I need to do that in my best Dr. Evil voice, don't I? £1,000! That's, uh, that's quite a lot of bunts, really, isn't it? That's a season ticket if you win it. I mean, what more, what more do you want? Uh, now, uh, all you have to do, if you want to sign up, uh, you go to fanduel.co.uk. Uh, that's spent F-A-N-D-U-E-L.co.uk. Or, of course, you can go, uh, if you've got an iPhone or an Android phone, you can download their app by looking for Fanduel UK, I believe. Um, but anyway, if you sign up with the promo code CHELSEAFAN, all one word, uh, Fanduel will refund your entry fee if you don't win cash in your first contest. I mean, that only applies to people who, who are new sign-ups, obviously. Um, so anyway, that five-quid uh, entry uh, fan favourite that we've all entered, uh, use the offer and enter your team against ours. If you don't win cash, you'll get that entry fee refunded. So there you go. What's, what is what is not to like? Uh, apart from the fact you can win some real money, you get to embarrass and shame us. Because what would be really interesting, actually... Um, for those of you who have entered the competition and will keep entering the competitions, is to to let me know. You know, you know the email address uh, chelseafancast at gmail dot com. Let me know how you've done, and if you if you've absolutely wiped the floor with us, I'll be happy to big you up and and talk about it on the show. All right. So there you go. Um, now it's it's the Saturday fixtures uh, uh, for this particular competition. The ten the ten k fan favourite. That's the one you want to enter. And it uh, these are the these are the matches Stoke v Man City, <coughs> excuse me, Stoke v Man City, West Brom uh, v Everton, Watford Chelsea, Tottenham versus Palace, Swan City, Hull City, Burnley, Liverpool, Leicester City, Arsenal. So of course the thing in there, of course, is we've got we can pick Chelsea players, gents. Hallelujah. Ross, what do you reckon? You gonna pick some Chelsea yeah. players? Uh, def- um, definitely in that in that. Uh, in the Watford game, I, I have a feeling there might be a few goals there. Um, one extra tip I'd sort of add is that if, if you're if you're picking a Chelsea striker, if you're picking Costa, it will probably be an idea to pick uh, a midfielder as well. Who's you know who's playing for us, whether it be Oscar. Or, I mean, Hazard and Costa would be quite an expensive combination. You'd have to save money elsewhere, but um, it's 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 a good idea to. To, you know, if you if you think Chelsea are going to score goals, then then you want the player scoring the goals and the player making the assists, and then and then likewise, um, you know, with goalkeepers and defenders, you 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 don't want to be selecting uh, players on teams who 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 could con- concede. But at the same time, if you, if you do think um, a team's going to keep a clean sheet, then by all means, select uh, their goalkeeper and a defender. Mm. Well, I I'm I'm tempted to pick Hazard because I think he was blinding. And he looks like he's really up for it, um, you know. Possibly Costa, but you know, I think actually goes back to what Clayton was saying earlier on. You know, he might score you some points, but he might lose you a few two and yellow cards, etc., etc. Kante passes it all over the place, and he'll get points for that. Uh, I quite fancy uh, maybe doing something that might, will cause me pain, which is picking some Liverpool players uh, against Burnley because uh, they've clearly got goals in them. 
If they can put four past Arsenal, they can put four past Burnley in my book. But anyway, um, any Jonathan, have you got any thoughts? Um, uh, I, I, yes, well, everything has been said. I thought Ross was fantastic about what he said there. Um, but uh, otherwise, I'll just try and pick my favourite players, sadly. Yeah. Have some fun I, with I, it, I, mate. Yeah, I do. I was disappointed that somehow I thought I'd pick Defoe and I turned out I'd pick Shane Long. So, um, in my previous. <laughs> so, I didn't quite know how that happened. Um, but, yeah, I, 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 how many... How many um, we're only allowed to pick four of, of one team, aren't we? Yeah. 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 yeah I think but I, I think, I think actually, Jonathan, you know... There's a there's a good point to all of this because there, I mean in my experience of fantasy football games there is no rhyme or reason about it it's it's not kind of uh, you know the the logic of like I'll just pick the best players or the players who like to do well goes out the window because you can suddenly get some really crap players doing well one week I think this is also the beauty of having a, a different game every week. Um, but I mean, I think you know, just have a bit of fun with it because you never know. I mean, you just you could pick you could pick what on paper looks like a laughable team, and you know, stranger things have happened. They could all do brilliantly, and you win some money, isn't that right, Ross? Mm. Yeah, I think no. uh, this this contest, the prize is paid all the way down to like five five hundred and thirty six or something like that. So, you know, you, you enter a team and you you already stand a you know if you're on top of your game, you already stand a chance of winning money. As as J.K. said, you know, if he'd had a chance to to take out the players who weren't playing, he could well have been right up there. Yeah. You know what? For shits and giggles, I might I might just pick a team entirely of Chelsea and former Chelsea players, which we talked about actually on last week's show. Just as, why not for a bit of fun? Anyway, Clayton, yeah, are you going to sign up? Are you, are you going to sign up this week, Clayton? Yeah, no. The the guy who he sent me an email today and say I noticed you haven't used your credit up, and and basically they hadn't sent me any emails to tell me what my credit was or anything this that and the other. So. I will investigate and uh, I'll do my best to get it sorted out and then I will liaise with the brains in the house uh, my son and um, and pick a team brilliant you see, get him involved although actually I, there's a very important point about that in a minute which you must tell him should he get well, involved with I, you no 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 he, he, he will he will advise he'll be in an advisory capacity he'll be, yeah, not, okay. he'll not be like Roman any gambling or what have you yeah, no, he'll, he'll be, he'll be like Roman mate yeah, I can exactly. tell you for certain that you are definitely signed up and you have money in that account because they told yeah. me that the other day alright yeah, well, okay, they, they told now, you but they didn't tell me but there we go yes and Moving I didn't on. tell you so but basically epic fail on my part but uh, no, yeah you okay. can you can right. definitely join in it'd be great fun I, I just think it's great fun to as, as the season progresses to see how we do and you know have a little bit of a chat about it anyway um, final uh, point quickly looking that. at it Chidge so uh, not, not just, quite the final point yeah, sorry. Just having a play around with uh, my team for this week, but um, Coutinho and Firmino—they're not the top-priced players really? um, at their positions. So, as you say, you feel a bit bad about picking Liverpool players, but they could provide decent value if, if yeah. you fancy Liverpool to absolutely do Burnley. They'll they'll either be involved in goals or assists or shots on target. So, I think I, I think I... I'll be starting those two. I tell you what, Ross, because I mean, I, I am historically and legendarily absolutely rubbish at fantasy football. But one thing I was very, very good at when I used to produce that uh, football betting show with with Claridge on it, who's a, a, a really good pundit when it comes to betting. Um, you know, we I used to I used to beat him regularly on on that kind of you know with hunches. I know who's going to beat so and so, and I can predict how many goals, overs, and unders. I was really good at that. So maybe if I just stick to something that I'm good at like that. And apply that to my fantasy football team, 
I'm, I might be onto something. Anyway, look, final reminder, just to let you remind remind you again, it's the 10k fan favourite. It's five quid to enter. Uh, there will be 536 winners. The top prize is a thousand. If you sign up with the promo code Chelsea Fan, Fan Duel will refund your entry if you don't win cash in your first contest. Now, the only other thing to tell you is that you must be over 18 to enter. So 18 or over to enter, and you must be based in the UK. Sorry about that uh, to our overseas friends and listeners. And of course, please gamble responsibly because basically that's what you are doing. So there you go. Good luck uh, to all of you who uh, take part this week. I can't wait. Uh, now, we've got a few minutes uh, left to rumble. Not as much as I'd have liked because we've waffled on with uh, the fan duel stuff for a bit too long. But um, I was delighted, you know, when I found this out uh, before the season started that, you know, great mate and fellow fancaster, Mr. Clayton Beerman, had managed to completely keep this uh, secret that he had been writing a book. And be- bear in mind, he's like the one and only blogger for the Chelsea Fancast website. I thought that was pretty impressive. So I was delighted to see you'd published a book, Clayton. Would you like to talk about it for a little minute or two? I, I'd be delighted to. Um, basically, um, the book consists of uh, articles that I've written over the last season uh, for the Fancast website and for CFC UK, all of which have been updated um, following the wonderful season. Um, the book has got lots of original um, material which hasn't been published before Um, principally it starts off with uh, me laughing at myself because um, at the beginning of last season I was asked to um, do something for the evening standard which was a prediction on how well we were going to do for the forthcoming season and my hopes and prayers and all the rest of it Um, and the best thing I said was that the best signing that we'd made in the close season was Jose Um, so Apart from that, there were a couple of other things which I got sort of almost right. But um, so I've, I've sort of reviewed that. Um, I basically have written a, a sort of a, a love letter to my late father um, about really just how I got into football and how it started and um, going to football in the early days. Um, and then sort of a review of the season, a review of the players and, and stuff like that. So it was just... You know, it was it was brewing up. I view some of the stuff that um, that uh, I'd written during the season, and I collated it all together and uh, went to Mister Mister Worrell, and he very kindly published it on Gate Seventeen Publications. So there we go. Um, so I mean, was it tough? Was it tough to, to to write the book? I suppose as you've been doing for it, doing it most of the season, it wasn't too bad, I would imagine. It it was it was. You had to be sort of disciplined to, to get it all done because uh, I think the view, both myself and Marco, was to get it out as quickly as possible after the season finished. Um, and so there was there was a bit of pressure on to do that, but sort of going through the articles and updating them and, and writing some additional stuff, obviously there was a bit of pressure to do that. But it was really enjoyable. I enjoy writing. Um, and um, I've had some, some really lovely feedback. So... Um, it's uh it, it's it's a really nice thing to do um it's uh i i, I hope people enjoyed it i've been really sort of pleased i would have been quite happy had um anybody bought it but i mean quite a few people have bought it and i was at the stall last night the cfc uk stall i brought on brought along five copies and they all got sold so um i know there are a couple of people that came along afterwards that tried to buy them and they were sold out which uh, i'm sorry for so if um i will be 
um, giving some more uh, books to Mark for the Bristol game and the Burnley game. So if people want to come along, Clayton, did you more. did you know that you were going to write a book uh, at the beginning of the season? Did you think, oh, no. I think this may be it was it was it was no. after you'd written the articles. You then thought, oh, I can make a book out of this. I can fill the rest of the gaps in. Is that what happened? Yeah, I mean, I think the thing is that um, writing for the fan cast website and it it basically it happens when I got the inspiration to do it. In other words, there's no deadline. Chidge never says to me, I need you to write an article. Um, I just do it when I feel like it and when I've got the time to do it. The CFC UK thing is different. As Chidge knows, you've got a deadline and, and you have to do it. So no, there was there was no thoughts because there's no process of how much I would have written during the season. It just it just worked out that way. Um, but it was uh, I enjoyed doing it. I enjoyed doing it a lot. Quite a lot of discipline. Well done. Yeah, I mean, if people are interested in buying it, as I said, there'll be um, hard copies on the stool, or you can go to Amazon. Uh, I will post a link up again on uh, my. Twitter feed at goalie59 um, or just get in touch with the fan cast I'm sure Chidge can point well, you in the I right mean, direction. I, I, I can do better than that Clayton, I mean it's available from Amazon and gate17.co.uk as you say for £6.95 and in the Acast uh, player I will put the link up as I have done every week in fact this year. Thank so you very far. much indeed just, just yeah. to I mean, just to let people know that it's also available as an ebook for one ninety nine. So um, just to click away. Um, and the other thing I would say, which is sort of, I, I don't know if, if people really care about these sort of things, but I mean, if you do buy a book um, and you want me to sign it, then um, just let me know and I can meet you by the stall and I'll be happy to do so. Well, I tell you what would be really interesting. I'm sure the listeners would love this. I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting my, uh, uh, you know, signed copy from, from you. Now yeah. you're a legendary author. Yeah. But, um, yeah. I'm a bit disappointed that I didn't get a copy to review. No, well, that that was basically <laughs> no, 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 no. I just, I mean, you know, the the bottom line is, I mean, this is a private conversation, but I know how busy you are. <laughs> oh and, uh, no! Can you what, sign what are you... my? say, Clayton, can you sign my ebook? And yes, of course I can. I'll sign you, sign your Kindle with, with we. And, That's what I meant. And, That's and, what I meant. And, and the thing, and the thing is, Chish, I I wanted it to be reviewed sometime during the season. So oh, was, uh, harsh, oh, Terence. Harsh, Terence. I know, but. Uh, um, what I'd like to do is I'd like to offer um, as a prize a signed Good copy man. of the book um, if you could answer this question. Ready, people? Ready, people? Pens and papers. Right. Um, my first game, or my first Chelsea game, was at a certain ground in North London um, where the team in white play, and I'm certainly not going to use their name. It was in 1967. Uh, something historic happened in that game um, and is still uh, part of Chelsea's history. So if you can tell me what that was or you can send your answers on a postcard or an email to no, Chish best thing, at Chelsea best thing, Fancast. Yeah. Best thing is to email um, ChelseaFancast at gmail.com. But would you like to repeat the question just once more? I so will repeat the question. Uh, my first Chelsea game was at White Hart Lane in 1967. Something historic happened in that game which is still part of Chelsea history. Wow, that's a good question. Good luck with that, people. Good luck with uh, looking through Google for that one. But if you do answer that question uh, correctly, uh, email me the answer, chelseafancast at gmail.com, and uh, you will win a signed copy of Clayton's fantastic book, Palpable Discord, 
Right, after the break, we've got the usual roundup of Chelsea supporters' news and a couple of emails from you, the listeners, one of which, Jonathan, is the longest ever email we have <laughs> ever, ever, ever had. So go and make a cup of tea, everybody. Get your slippers on, your pipe going, and settle in for it in a minute. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea! Footballfancast.com Welcome back, I'm Stanford Chidge, and you are listening to the Chelsea Fancast. And I've got the lovely uh, Clayton Beerman, Ross Mooring, and the uh, mellifluous, irrepre- irrepressible, delightful Jonathan Kidd, uh, who is going to... Um, Give us a bit of news roundup, aren't you, my old China? You do the first oh, one. I am. Um, uh, the Peter Osgood Memorial. Uh, the Windsor and Royal Borough Museum, at the request of Councillor Ed Wilson, has put a small display together commemorating the life of the great Chelsea footballer Peter Osgood. Uh, the exhibition, based at Deadworth Library on Smith's Lane, opened last Saturday, the 13th of August but it's open until September, so get down there if you can. Has anybody uh, been down there, Chidge, and given a, a, well, a, a given um, feedback? Well, you know, none of us on the Trust were able to go because, of course, it was it clashed with the with the Supporters Trust AGM, more of which in a minute. Um, but I tell you, if anybody follows Martin Knight on Twitter or, or whatever, well, Twitter mainly, Martin, of course, as you may remember, uh, wrote uh, co-wrote Aussie's uh, biography, uh, and, and knew Peter really, really well. And I know Martin went down there for it because he tweeted some fantastic pictures, one of which was one of, uh, I think one of the exhibits was Aussie's, uh, one of his England caps in a, in a wonderful kind of glass display case. But actually Martin also tweeted out uh, an article written by the local rag about the event, which was really, really good and worth a read. So if you follow Martin Knight on Twitter... Uh, that you can find a little bit more about it. But I will try and get down if I can. But as Clayton has already pointed out, I'm really very busy. But I will do my best. Right, uh, a little bit more news. Talking of the Chelsea Supporters Trust, as we were, of course, usual usual rules apply. Join the trust, get your voice heard by the club. Uh, it's only £5 to become a voting member. It is free for non-voting members. But frankly, it's much better to be a voting member, as the AGM Approved uh, last Saturday. Now you can sign up at ChelseaSupportersTrust.com, which means you can attend all of the meetings. So we have special general meetings, uh, kind of once every couple of months or so. We have the AGM in the summer in August, uh, but you can also come to any of the events that we do, and you can vote on all of the issues that hopefully, uh, well, that directly affect you, and make sure hopefully that you can get your voice heard. And of course, follow them on Twitter at Chelsea S Trust. Now I was talking about the AGM a second ago, and. Uh, I'm pleased that was a very good AGM, I thought. Very convivial. Got uh, a lot of all the important matters discussed. Uh, the podcast of it is now available uh, to hear on the Chelsea Fancast SoundCloud account, or you can actually just uh, listen to it via the Chelsea Supporters Trust.com website. That's Chelsea Supporters Trust.com. So have a look there. Now, uh, one of the things that, of course, this happens this time of year uh, is that we're now entering the election period for the new board and as there are nine members standing for the nine board positions it means that there will be an affirmative vote which means that each member standing needs to get 50 percent 
to be elected to the board. So if you're a Supporters Trust member, vote early and often, as Dr. Mart would say. Isn't that right, Ross? It is, yeah. Uh, every, every member should have received a, a link via email, so just click on that and you get through to vote on the um, the board members. As as you say, Chidge, it's 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 uh, just 50%. There's, there's no contested places, and also you can vote on uh, the the motions, the standard ones and, yes. and the new ones for this year. Very good. I'm so, sorry to forget that because that's very important because the motions that we lay down that you vote on really dictate uh, what we campaign on and go forward with uh, for the next year. Uh, and uh, as I, I did say, as, as Dr. Martin would say very early and often, obviously you can only vote once because voting more often than once is not legal, is it, Ross? <laughs> no, it's not. The, the survey is very well designed, so it'll only take a few minutes if, if, if yeah. you've got the time. It's not like voting for us in the Football Blogging Awards. Oh, who said that? Uh, anyway, uh, the first meeting of the newly elected board will be in early September, so I'll, I'll keep you posted on stuff like that. Uh, Jonathan? CPO, if you happen to want to own a little bit of Chelsea and protect the future of the club, go and buy a share in the Chelsea pitch owners who own the freehold of Stamford Bridge, as we all know, and whose aim is to ensure that Chelsea Football Club will remain playing football at Stamford Bridge. To find out how to buy a share for £100, email info at chelseapitchowners.com or check out chelseafc.com slash fans slash chelsea hyphen pitch hyphen owners and follow them on Twitter at pitchowners. Lovely stuff. Thank you as always. Now, as I said earlier on, we've got we've got some lovely emails. Uh, we've got two emails, in fact. Um, the first one is is short but very sweet. The second one is hugely long but wonderfully heartfelt. Uh, I I was almost in tears of emotion uh, when I read this, and and I thought, you know what? I don't care that it is one, basically two pages long. It's going in. And Jonathan has such a lovely voice, people will not mind listening to you for the next 25 minutes. Sorry, for the next two or three minutes. Am I right, Jonathan, or what? <laughs> what, that I have a lovely voice? I, I, modesty forbids, Chidge. I can't Jonathan, Jonathan, no. Jonathan, you have a classic voice. Oh, I'm happy to accept that. Thanks very much. Uh, uh, anyway. A classic voice for doing this. So, right, this is the first one. It's from uh, Mena. Is that right? M-E-N-A. Mena, I would have thought. Is that right, Chidge? Mena. All right, Mena. Thank you. Sorry, Mena. Um, hi, Chidge and the boys. Good evening, lads. Long-time listener. That's good to know. Recently moved back to Australia from the States. In regards to your ongoing debate last week with keeping traditions to the 3 p.m. kickoff, I agree with you, lads. For years, I've been waking up crazy hours of the morning to watch my team play. The only difference from watching it in the States to now is changing the drink from beer to coffee. One of the main things that pulled me to Chelsea and the Premier League is the ongoing tradition kept from little things like the new players singing a song in front of the uh, in front of the whole front of the whole time in front I don't quite understand that sentence from the little things like the new players sing a song in front of the whole time to a 3 p.m. kickoff I've stopped watching most sports due to traditions being severed because of the possibility of financial gain all right I get that I hope I'll continue to keep waking up these hours to watch my team play. The only sad part is the coffee instead of a beer. However, tradition is a sacrifice worth keeping. Keep doing what you lads do. It's awesome and award-winning stuff, because we are award-winners, Chich. Looking forward to hearing to hearing your next shows. 
from one of your biggest fans down under, Mina. Thank you. Fantastic. Fantastic. Isn't that man. lovely? Yeah, yeah. Do you know, I'll just reveal a couple of things about that. First of all, is that that email actually came in whilst I was at my computer. So I, I very rarely, and I, and I apologise uh, for, for this, people, that I don't get round to replying to uh, most of the emails you send in directly. And I kind of feel that because we read them out on the show, that's my way of replying. But uh, in Mina's case, I happened to be there as it came through. So I, I pinged her a very quick email saying, very much appreciated and thank you very much. Oh, the other thing I was going to say, of course, is we discussed that, didn't we, last week? You know, three o'clock kickoffs, and how how annoyed I was that there aren't that many. And actually, uh, um, it was really interesting to hear from somebody uh, who, you know, we were kind of saying, well, this is why they have them at all these odd times, like Fridays and stuff. And she was saying, actually, no, she agrees that they should be at three, which I thought was really welcoming. Yeah, as we said so at the supporters' trust meeting as well. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Anyway, Jonathan. Email from Adam in Edgeware. Dear Chidge and the Gas, firstly, I'd like to get a couple of thank yous out of the way. Of course, thank you for providing the greatest podcast on the web. It makes Mondays that little bit more bearable, especially Mondays from last season. Thank you also for reassuring me on last week's show, as before I heard it, I was descending into a depression thinking about our beloved blues. The show reminded me that as an over-40 Chelsea fan, a hint of pessimism is the norm, considering what we had to grow up with. This was proven last season as we journeyed through, at best, mediocrity, at worst, public humiliation. However, throughout all the trouble and turmoil of last season, I was encouraged by the attitude of the Chelsea faithful. I really felt that as fans, we showed our class. All season, I barely heard a blues fan on the radio making ridiculous gooner, spuds and bin dipper-esque claims that we should be winning titles and we have a right to be up there and challenging. We took our medicine and took it with humility and as fans, we should be proud of how we handled it. I remember being at games last season hearing the famous Chelsea banter in the ground like when we'd have a bit of possession and knock the ball around with a plomb then hearing comments like, where did that come from? Who knew we could pass straight? We've turned the corner, lads. We kept the ball for two minutes, etc. We know where we've come from and we don't have this crass, entitled attitude that many of our peers seem to unrealistically adopt, although the hunger for success is greater than ever. That, for me, is about the greatest positive I can take from last season. There is perhaps something positive to be said about the departure of our estranged special one. As upsetting as it may be, I'm starting to think our once true love started sneaking around and sleeping with the enemy while still feathering the Stamford Bridge nest. I always looked at us and Jose after he left the first time as high school lovers that had had a whirlwind romance, but one where Jose felt he had to go and sow his wild managerial oats around Europe before settling back down with his first crush, us. As expected, he came back home to what we thought, or at least hoped, would be a serious long-term marriage. I hate to say it, but I now get the impression that he was using us as a place to bed his head down whilst waiting for his love rival, LVG, to break up with Manure. I've lost count of the number of cold showers I've taken trying to rid myself of the feeling of being dirty and used. It's possible to suggest that he knew LVG wouldn't last long and only came back to us as a stopgap. Then when the deed was clearly about to be done at the Theatre of Queens, Jose seemed to execute his plan on engineering his way out of the bridge. 
You could argue that I'm being negative, as he did lead us to the title the season before. But was that just a smokescreen? Sure, he's a winner, and I've no doubt that the first two seasons of his return, he did inspire and guide the club to our fifth title. And in fairness, with a group of players that, at his, his admission, were playing at the height of their potential. But then this season, he saw his opportunity. As events unravelled in Manchester and it became quite clear LVG would be off at the end of the season, Jose's behaviour became more and more erratic. Jose of last year was not the manager we fell in love with. His heart was elsewhere and as the season wore on, I think deep down we all knew the spark was missing from his side. This was retrospectively evident as he stopped buying us jewellery. Think Drogba, Essien, Carvalho, Cole, Ballack and started grabbing flowers from the petrol station. Think Raman, Jlilobodji, Hector, Miazga, Pedro. It's noticeable the difference in his signings at Manure and the price and quality of the players he's after and bought. What makes me most suspicious is that none of his marquee signings this summer were even on his radar whilst with us. Or was he just biding his time until he could get them for his real future team? I've even had moments of darkness where, dare I say it, I've wondered whether he was actually sabotaging Chelsea with his signings and with his general negativity that he spread around the club towards the end. The players he's bought at Manure seem much more like the kind of player we sign for him, whereas very few can explain Chelsea's recent transfer activity. Which brings me on to the debacle that this season could become if we're not careful. What exactly are we now? We're not really that big, athletic and powerful like the reputation we built for ourselves. But we don't exactly have the players for a tippy-tappy type team. We're kind of an odd mix of both and yet neither. Starting at the back, I've yet to see the wonder kid Courtois actually dominate and win a game for us with a rock-solid check-like performance. However, he's talented and he does have both experience and time on his side. I just hope he steps up because whilst I think Begovic is a decent keeper and fine for backup, he's clearly not the man to lead a title challenge. Defensively, we're ageing and a little lightweight. Branner, JT and Cahill have all seen better days and Zuma, whilst having huge and exciting potential, is just that. Potential. Perhaps we'll buy a £40 million centre-back yet, but we seem to be leaving it a bit late. And as for the Christensen two-year loan deal, well, the less said about that, the better. We need a full set of full-backs other than the ever-reliable Dave. Midfield is definitely improved by the arrival of Kante, but we have so much of a muchness in these positions as we seem to get addicted to signing tricky attacking midfielders for a couple of years. Hopefully we've kicked that addiction and start to balance the midfield with a variety of abilities and skills, although one swallow, or Kante in this case, doesn't make a summer. Also, to achieve balance in our midfield, then surely we need to know the shape our midfield will take, especially now that we might finally deviate away from this rigid 4-2-3-1 obsession. As for the car crash that is our strikers, well, where do we start? I suppose we start at Diego. I love Diego and his hilarious histrionics. There have genuinely been times where I've cried with laughter at his antics and facial expressions, and the guy is clearly a talented finisher, but we all know he can be a little unpredictable, to say the least. Should he pick up a suspension or injury, we currently turn to Batshuay and Remy. I like the look of Batshuay, but he's still relatively unproven and is essentially a young striker with potential. But don't we have this already in Solanke, Traore and Abraham? As for Remy, well, not much need saying there. 
so we'll probably go into a season without a full complement of decent strikers yet again. £60 million plus for Lukaku isn't the most exciting transfer news, but if it happens, I've no doubt he'll be made very welcome and would help to improve us. But even then, I think we'd still be, up sh I'd still be short up front. It just feels a bit like we're not dining on the top table anymore and can't seem to attract the kind of player required for our ambitions. When I say our ambitions, I'm hoping the club holds similar ambitions to us fans. Finally, to the gaffer. The one thing I'm most excited about this season is our new flame, Conte. What he's done with Italy and Juventus in recent years is most impressive, and it's about time we went back to having a strong Italian influence in the club. They've always done us proud. I just hope Conte gets some time to implement his ways and gives us a bit more flexibility of shape. It's worrying, though, that he's playing almost the same starting eleven as the shambles of last season. Maybe he can get them playing. Maybe he'll remind them how good they can be. Maybe he can inspire them like he did Italy in the Euros. Maybe he'll realise what a complete shower he's got there and will have to do a major rebuild if he's given the time. However, the signs are good with Conte and I'm rather optimistic about him being in the role. It's just a shame he's arrived so late in the summer and in a managerial bear pit of a Premier League season. He's certainly got to learn the hard way and learn it quickly or we'll be left behind again. I believe we have the capability of finishing in the top two or three, if not winning it, but we also have the capability of replicating the bet noir that is last season. We know exactly who we are. We are the famous CFC. But do we know exactly what we are? I hope Roman still wants us to be the club he guided to unbridled success for a decade. That would do for me. Up the Chelsea, Adam Bradley. That was quite astonishing, wasn't it? I mean, bloody hell. I mean, you know, the amount of thought and, and passion, uh, you know, that's gone into that. And uh, I can all... And I can also per very perceptive, very perceptive. Chief. Yeah. Very perceptive male. Wasn't it and just, also, also lots of the things that we've, we've brought up and thought about, he's got there in a nutshell, hasn't he? He's yeah. got them all there. Yeah. And it's also... Terrific. I have... To, I have to uh, confirm that it's also longer than Clayton's palpable Discord book. <laughs> <laughs> and we're almost out of time. No, no, we've got loads of time left, really. But, I mean, I, I think he makes some really good points there, actually. But I think, you know, I just feel quite humbled that uh, Adams, you know, clearly listens to the show for a, a lot. And he's just... I, I feel really humbled that he's taken all that care and time to... Uh, you know, put uh, put his put his thoughts down on paper and send them to us. Really, Adam, actually, that's so good. Why don't you bloody email me and I'll put it in a blog for you on the website. It really kind of deserves, uh, you know, to be to be read on the website as well. I think. But if people um, can be bothered to put the time and effort to share their thoughts with us by an email, Jonathan, I am more than happy to uh, have them read out by your wonderful voice and bollocks to anybody who's moaning in Mixler about it. There we go. It's it's my show and I'll have Jack and Ori on there if I want it. Isn't that right, Jonathan? Yes, I can read it in a Jack and Ori style if you like, actually. It's almost JK Nori, really, isn't it? We know exactly who we are. We are the famous CFC. Yeah. That's my Jack and Ori voice. Jonathan? Jonathan? Yes, can you jo hear me? Yeah, Jonathan? Yeah? Too much. Uh... All right. 
Okay, uh, it's it is, he's right on one thing. I'll say that for him. Uh, it, this is Jonathan I'm talking about. It's almost time to go. But as I said, before before I do that, uh, you know, I just want to say thank you for your emails. We really we generally love receiving them, and I think I've just kind of explained why. I mean, you know, even if they're very long, which is true, Adams was very long. Um, I think that if you can uh, be bothered to you know get your thoughts down on paper and send them to us, the least that we can do is to air them on this show. Uh, and I do always try hard and, and read them all out on the show. So please, 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 please send them to ChelseaFanCast at gmail.com. Uh, but do it before Monday, because I, I, I quite often put my thoughts down on paper and get the show together, uh, you know, on a Sunday, uh, because I'm a bit busy on a Monday these days. So if you send it on a Monday, I might miss it. Anyway, uh, um, that's pretty much all we've got time for this week, folks. Uh, so we finally got proper football back. How lovely. Uh, now, I'll be back at the usual time of 7 o'clock, 7 p.m. next Monday uh, to report back on Chelsea's first away fixture of the season against Watford. And I will be joined, as ever, by the mellifluous Jonathan Kidd. And, oh, thank uh, you. No problem. And Dan Silver and Mark Worrell will be keeping us company. Set your alarm clocks for next Monday at 7 p.m. Don't be an idiot and miss it. Now... Uh, do not forget to follow the show on Twitter at Chelsea Fancast. Me at Stanford Chidge, Jonathan at Jonathan Keard, Ross at Ross Mooring, and Clayton at Goalie59. And of course, check out the website ChelseaFancast.com. And if you haven't done so already, make sure you download the Acast app to listen to the podcast or uh, just search for it at www.acast.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. Uh, guys, it's been a, a, a real pleasure. It's, I know it was a bit technologically trying at times, but it's been great fun. I've enjoyed your insight and chat, uh, as I always do, uh, Clayton. been great to have you on the bo- on board today. Absolutely brilliant. Really, really enjoyed it. Um, I just, can I just, I know we're, we're running out of time. I just want to say um, one thing about last night. The atmosphere was fantastic. I don't know because it was a Monday night or because it was under floodlights, London Derby, but the atmosphere was absolutely brilliant. And the other thing was Ricardo Carvalho at half-time. Oh, oh yeah. Yes. Brilliant. Melted, melted the old heart. It oh, was yeah. brilliant. He, walk, he walked around with his two kids, and that was that was one of the warmest receptions for any ex-player. Uh, because I think one of the things is that we don't get the chance to say goodbye to a lot of our greats like we want to and and I hadn't seen Ricky since he left us absolutely it was brilliant anyway sorry he was a complete great absolutely phenomenal player I absolutely agree with you one yeah. of my favourite Chelsea players ever brilliant brilliant player were you, were you tempted congr- to go were you tempted the- to shout Ricky <laughs> no Lord Percy Lord no. Percy yeah Lord Percy yeah, mind exactly. you, I, I, I was mistaken for Ricky Carvalho to, at a Spurs game my, away my, once. Some bloke said to me, here, mate, you're Ricky Carvalho, aren't you? What are you doing sitting here? You should be playing. But I, I think he must have been on drugs. Okay. Probably on day release. Weirdly, my memory of Ricky Carvalho has been poisoned somewhat by uh, Sheridan Bird's uh, The Diaries of Michael Ballack, where he always <laughs> refers to Ricky C. He's scared of cheese. I've never been able to look at him in the same way ever since, but there you go. <laughs> uh, Jonathan, it's been a real pleasure having you on the show tonight, of course. Thank you for Thank your... You. Uh, Sorry efforts. I missed the first half hour. Thank you. And may I just no. say congrats, uh, um, Clayton. Brilliant to write a book. Like, fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, well done. Yeah, well done.
Yeah, it's great. Good, good. Uh, thank you, Jonathan. I'm sorry you had trouble getting in on part one, but hey, we got you in the end. That's what counts. Now, Ross, uh, thank you very much for your insight into how to cheat, sorry, how to win at fantasy football, um, something that I've never been able to do very well. That was very, very welcome. And of course, lovely to hear your thoughts on everything else. Yeah, yeah, good good to be on the show as always. And uh, I've stuck Hazard and Costa in my team for this week. Have you now? Now, the other thing, the other thing, Ross, is that um, this is, you've been on two shows in, what, three weeks? Hmm. That's the, the that's you've done more shows in the last three weeks than you've done in the last three years. I'm very impressed. May it long continue. Oh, well, I'm glad glad to glad to be doing it on a regular basis again. Well, it's, it's it's great to have you back, mate. I mean, you know, these days you are one of the originals. You realise that you're the last of the originals. <laughs> I wonder how many people have been uh, been listening since since those early days. Yeah, quite a lot actually. I think we're going to have to rename you. We're going to rebrand you as Werther. Uh, you'll, ha- you'll have to explain that one to me. An original. Well, yeah, uh, Werther's original. So you wouldn't be a Werther's, you would be Werther because you are the last of the originals. It's all right, I'll get my coat. I think I think that's proving to me nothing if not that I should bugger off and go and get some rest because I clearly need it. But it's been really fun having uh, you guys on the show this week. I've really enjoyed it as I always do. Uh, only matched by the lovely people that have shared it with us in Mixler. Uh, sorry if I haven't engaged with you as much as I like to, but I've been keeping an eye on your comments fair and fair or foul in fact and uh, always good to have you in there too so many thanks to my guests this week thank you for listening see you next time until then keep it blue keep it carefree and keep it chels up the chels It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.